you pray for somebody and you don't see what you asked for come to pass. Uh, this is a very a tough situation because you know you're usually dealing with a lot of emotions and things like that, and you don't want to hurt somebody. And so uh, today, that's what we're going to talk about. Um, I prayed for somebody just recently who passed away, and you know, how do you comfort a family and how do you tell somebody the truth without compromising, you know, the gospel? And so that's what we're pretty much going to talk about here today. Um, uh, we went to go pray for somebody and, uh, you know, they did not, we did not see it happen. You know, they didn't get healed and they didn't get out of the bed and they died. And we even prayed for resurrection and, and we didn't see that happen either. Um, and you know, <clears throat> something I realized was, you know, uh, you, you can't compromise the truth. Never, ever compromise the truth. Um, the temptation is to go to fall back and say, well, maybe it wasn't God's will. Or maybe uh, say silly things like, well, God needed another angel in heaven and, and stuff like that. And that's not in the Bible anywhere. You just don't lie to people. That's, that's the most important thing. Never lie to somebody. God will judge you for lying. Okay? And you know what? I fear God more than I fear man. And this is a trying time. This is a hard time. And, and people just don't know what to say. They don't know how to respond uh, when the person has a hard question. And uh, I remember I was I was sitting there with uh, the lady um, whose loved one had died. And, and I looked at her and I said, we're going to do the crazy thing. We're going to do the audacious thing. And we're just going to pray and believe for resurrection. And I said, you know, Jesus told us to pray the dead that they might be raised and you know guys if we don't pray for it and we don't take a step towards that then we'll never ever see it and and it's, it's really Christianity 101 I'm going to read something to you Matthew chapter um, 10 <clears throat> it says uh, in verse uh, 7 and proclaim as you go saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand guys where's the kingdom of God live right here this is where the kingdom of God is. When we go places, we literally bring the kingdom of God wherever we go. That's the truth right there. When we go somewhere, we bring the kingdom of heaven. So this is what it says right here. And proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You receive without paying, give without pay. He's commissioning his disciples to go out. Guys, we're all called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We're to follow in Jesus' footsteps. That's what disciples mean. Okay? When we follow in his footsteps. Jesus was all about lab. He was all about taking people out there to go do it and practice what he was preaching. He never, ever, ever, ever gave an excuse for somebody dying and saying, well, it's not God's will that they be healed. You never, ever hear that come out of Jesus' mouth. I, I challenge you, go in the scriptures, try to find it. Jesus never said, well, it's not God's will for them to be healed. The only time, he, the only thing he ever said was it, that you didn't have faith. That's the only thing you ever see it, um, Jesus say, okay? Or he says that you're, you have unbelief or something like that. That's the only time that Jesus, that's the only thing that Jesus said, okay? He never blamed the Father, okay? He never blamed the Father. And Jesus only did what he saw his Father doing. And why would he tell us, go, uh, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, 
unless he already saw the Father doing that. He didn't specify, go heal John over there, or go heal Miriam over there. He didn't say, pick and choose who you go heal. He just said, go. And as you go, proclaim, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out the demons. And then, so here's the criteria. The next thing he says is, freely you've received, freely you should give. Okay, so there's two criteria here. The kingdom of God has to be coming. And you have to receive. If you don't have it, how can you give it? So two criteria. that's it. There's only two criteria. The kingdom of God has to be present. And you have, have to already have received it. You have to have a knowledge also that you've received it. If you don't know that you received the dead in your hands to raise from the dead, how can you give it to them? If you don't know that God's given you cancer as, in your, as your enemy inside your hand to crush, how can you pray for cancer? If you don't know these things, how can, how can you tap into what God's given to you? Okay, so there's only two criteria for raising the dead. The kingdom of God has to be present, and you will have had to be given it so you can actually give it to other people. Okay, and that's what the, that's what the disciples did. They would go out. They knew who they were. See, whenever they came out, in another criteria, uh, they said um, in another another book it says uh, the seventy-two came back. Seventy-two, not just the twelve. They said even the demons bow in, our, in your name uh, when we use your name. And Jesus said, "Why do you rejoice in that? Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life." So there's actually three criteria: the kingdom of heaven must be at hand, your name must be written in the Lamb's book of life. And then, which is the same thing as, um, actually it's just two criteria. Um, it's the kingdom of heaven, and then being at hand, and your name being written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Which actually makes it only one criteria. Your name being written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Because guess what? If your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, then the kingdom is at hand. And if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, then you've received all things. That's why Jesus said, when you be pray, believe that you've received it and it will be given unto you. Whatever you ask, it will be given unto you. Jesus says that multiple times in the scriptures. I'm not even going to quote it. If you haven't read your Bible, then you just don't know it. Go out there and read the Bible. That's what it says. Okay? Guys, we've got to know the truth. And we cannot forsake truth just because we have something that we don't understand. We can't forsake the truth for a comfortable gospel. Okay? So I'm sitting there, and, you know, the, the, the girl's hurt. You know, of course. And, you know, of course I'm hurt, you know. We're sitting here, and it's, it's you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with um, these... Remember, faith, you know, it, 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 unbelief is the recoil of faith. You know, so you walk in there. You've been building yourself up to go pray for this guy. You walk in there, and all of a sudden, boom, unbelief. I mean, you see the guy, he's sitting there, and he's motionless, and he has no life in him, and you can't help. You've got to crush that unbelief before you get in there. You have to know that you know when you walk in. So she said to me, well, I thought, I thought that whatever we ask, we get. I said, it's true. I said, but Jesus said, the only reason that we didn't receive something was unbelief. See, when Jesus said, faith moves the mountain, if you believe, you could speak to that mountain and be cast into the sea and would be cast into the sea. So, here's the definition of faith. Definition of faith is, I speak to the mountain and then it moves. That's the definition of faith, period. So. If you speak to the mountain and it does not move, then there's something wrong with your faith. Okay, so I looked at her and I said, ma'am, I said, I'm not here, you know, I, God's will is not that he dies. He's 20 years old. His God's will is not that he dies. Everybody will die. But his, God's will is not that he dies. God's will is that he lives. And so I told her, I said, 
when I go pray for people, I don't blame the person, the person who's sick. And I don't blame the family or the people around. I blame myself. Because Jesus told his disciples, and I'm, I'm his disciple, I should be able to hear the rebuke from the Lord. He looked at his disciples and said, because of your unbelief. That's the only reason. So I looked at her and said, look, there's just something wrong with our faith. You know, if I truly believe and I don't have any doubt, my faith will trump your unbelief. That's what Jesus did all the time. Jesus had faith for people who did not have faith. That's why when the Father came to, 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 to uh, Jesus and said, um, I believe, help my unbelief. See, so he had unbelief. But he also had faith. But his unbelief was trumping his own faith. But Jesus' faith trumped the old man's unbelief. And he saw the boy get healed. And he looked at the disciples and said, You say, um, uh, he said, you, you have unbelief. And that's why it's not going to happen. But when Jesus prayed, he had faith. Jesus had perfect faith. That's where God is taking us. He's taking us there. Now, guys, we got to look at this ministry here. We're talking about basic Christianity here. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. This is basic Christianity. Um, basic. Basic, basic, basic. Okay, so I firmly believe. I'm, I was sitting here and I was praying, you know, and, um, you know, we didn't see this boy come up. And, and the father really showed me. He said, Zach, if you're not raising the dead, you haven't even tapped into what I have for you. See, God has created cults for greater things. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you'll do the same things I've been doing, and you'll do even greater things. You know? But I want to encourage you guys, you know? Just because we sit there and I pray for this guy and he doesn't get out of bed, doesn't mean God doesn't want us to be healed. You know, I was sitting in Brownwood, and I got a call. Okay? But right before I got the call, a man walks in and asks, me for, asks for me at the store. And he says, he's walking up and he has cancer. And he says, you know, the other day you prayed for me, and I wasn't even here. And... Uh, this is this is the guy I prayed for. He wasn't even in the store. I prayed for him. I got a report saying that he was already feeling better, that he had no more pain in his bones. So he came up to the store, asked for me, made an appointment for me, just so he could talk to me about this. He said, Zach, I think there's something special about you. I said, there's nothing special about me. Jesus lives inside me. He lives inside of you. Everybody can do this. He said, well, I felt like God told me to come up here and see you. So this man comes in the store and... I get to start ministering to him. Well, I'd already heard um, that this young man that I was praying for was in a coma. So I'm praying for the man who has bone cancer. And I get a text message at the same time that this other boy who's 20 years old who was in a coma has now died. And I'm talking to this man. I look at my phone and it says, he's passed. And in my head, I have to quickly start thinking. And I say, you know what? I don't care what I see put the phone back in my pocket I started ministering to the man in front of me and I started preaching the gospel to him I said do you know the word says that the word of God is, is healing to my flesh and refreshment to your bones and his face just lit up he goes really I said yeah that's what the word says the word says and I started preaching the word man I started saying you know what the scripture says that God raises the man from the sick bed isn't that awesome and so, so he was like well I know God this just maybe God has a reason for why I'm going through this I said no that's life from the enemy sir I said, there's not a reason for this. The only reason would be to crush your faith. I said, God doesn't will that you go through all this. I said, God's given you life. And, and I told him a story about Joseph. I said, you know, God didn't will that Joseph would be thrown into slavery so that he could become the second command of Israel. I mean, of Egypt. See, God gave Joseph a dream. And he said, he gave Joseph a dream. And that dream was to rescue everybody. It was to save lives. So whenever Joseph was sitting there, he looked at um, his... his, uh, his, his brothers and he said you intended it for evil but God intended it for good and many people take that scripture out of context and think that it was God's will that Joseph be thrown into prison 
No, it was not Joseph's will to be thrown in prison. God's will for Joseph to be thrown in prison. Okay? It was God's will that many people be, be saved. And it was the devil's will that the dream be crushed because the dream was that many lives would be saved. So we've got to stop looking at our situation and, start try, and, and, and stop trying to interpret what God's trying to do. No, look, God does not will um, that that man have cancer in his bones. God does not will that the boy die. Okay, it's the, it's the schemes of the enemy. It's the work of sin in our lives. Okay, but see, Jesus Christ took the sin away. Jesus Christ took the sickness away. We have to believe that. So I got to encourage the man, and I prayed for him. And he's like, man, that's awesome. As I'm sitting there, somebody, and I'm about to leave because like, this man died. You know, and I'm going to leave because I, I've, I've got to go and, and minister to this family now. You know, I can't just sit here on, you know, at work and, and you know, i got to go. And so I'm sitting here, somebody asked for me. This one guy, he's sitting there asking for me. This guy had a stroke. What's awesome about this story is this man almost a month ago came into the store and he had this stroke and he's like doing like this and stuff because he can't think straight and he's like constantly forgetting stuff every like two minutes, okay? And I remember uh, that day he came the first time. I looked at the man and said, sir, God wants you healed. And I walked with him outside. Pray for him. Yes, I said, God wants you healed. I'm 100%. Because when he was in the store, he was like, well, I believe in willpower. I believe I can do this. I, I believe I can um, overcome all the odds. And I said, you're putting your faith in the wrong thing, sir. Jesus will make you better. Jesus will make you 100% whole. So this is like a month ago. Pray for this guy. He comes back. He's not twitching as much. He still has a hard time thinking. He still talks about a stroke and stuff. And I said, man, I understand. He goes, you know what, though? God's going to heal me. This guy doesn't even remember because he had the stroke, right? So he doesn't even remember our last conversation. But last time we talked, he wasn't believing in God. Now, the second time we meet, he's believing in God. But he doesn't remember he talked to me. See, the word of God proceeds. The word of God goes beyond. Okay? This man, who doesn't even remember our last conversation, is now professing God's going to heal him. And I looked at the man and I said, God's going to heal you right now. And so, or God's going to heal you. And I said, I, I laid hands on him and I prayed for him. I said, thank you, God, for complete restoration. He starts crying. He goes, I know it's true. I know it's true because I have this silent partner. And he's in this, this guy who has a stroke. Okay? He's speaking faith. He says, I got this silent partner. And I know my chances are good. See, God, we got we we got we got to stop looking at our present situation, and we got to start believing the word of God. So I'm sitting here in the store, and he comes in to see me again, and I get to pray for him one more time, you know, as I'm sitting there. And you know, uh, we we go and we go down there and pray for the guy uh, in the bed, and, uh, and we get to minister to the, the woman, and you know, uh, we're just loving on him. As God told me, said, just love on them when you get down there. See, guys, it's all about love. But Father told me, He said. Zach, you don't worry about seeing miracles. You just worry about loving people, and the miracles will follow. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Okay? We need to pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Okay? So we have to have both. But we have to walk in love. That love is going to guide us. That love is going to make us go and set captives free. It's the compassion of the Lord that, that, that makes God move. Okay, see, God's already moved 2,000 years ago. He, was, he had compassion for us 2,000 years ago. Died for us and set us free 2,000 years ago. All we got to do is believe it, receive it, pull it down. Okay? So, we're, we're praying, you know. Of course, I'm not seeing the guy get up. You know, he's dead there, you know. I mean, I'm telling you, it's hard. You know, you, you, you I told uh, my partner that went down there and prayed for, with me. I said, you know, bro, we, we waited too long to get prepared for this. You know, that should be something we do in our prayer time every day. I believe 
If we're not raising the dead, we haven't even enrolled into the school of Christianity. We haven't even enrolled. It's a basic principle. Raising the dead is a basic principle. I honestly wish I could remember the scripture off the top of my head, but there's actually one that goes through all of the basics of Christianity. And one of them is the resurrection. And not just the resurrection, but the raising of the dead. And right here, this is basic Christianity 101 right here. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. It's just part of it. Your normal day life should be raising dead. If we're not raising dead, we haven't even tapped into what God has for us. There's so much more. There's so much more that God has for us. We were never, ever, ever designed to sit on a pew. Never. Called way more. Those who believe will do the same things that Jesus has been doing and greater things will he do because Jesus goes to the Father. Jesus is done being here on the earth. But and he went to go see his Father, right? Well, that's halfway true because Jesus lives inside you. You're Jesus to the world now. You're the one who has to raise the dead. You're the one who has to go heal the sick. So I'm sitting there, you know, and I'm struggling, you know. Well, I'm not really struggling. I'm still believing. But there's people around me struggling. And they're asking hard questions, you know. And, uh, you know, if you're going to believe for a miracle, you have to believe for the impossible. You can't start pointing fingers at different things. You know, they took them off life support five days ago. And one of the questions was, well, you know, what if, uh, you know, he just starved to death? Jesus Christ was on the mountain or in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. No food or water. Look, if we're going to believe for supernatural stuff, we got to believe for supernatural stuff. No bars attached, you know, and we got to forgive. We got to let things go. Okay, we got to walk in mercy. Because see, the whole ministry of Christ, the whole ministry of the gospel is all about mercy. So we can't have any unforgiveness in us when we go minister. We've got to forgive people. We've got to let things go. We've just got to move forward. So, as I'm sitting there praying for the man to get healed, I get a call from my brother. My brother's like, I told my brother, you need to help me pray for this guy. He's going to get, we were praying for him to get raised from the dead. My brother's like, man, i got to tell you a story. He said, man, I'm sitting at work today. And this guy, of course, they're talking about tongues and stuff like that. And so he so I'm going to look it up and study it out. I want to make sure I've got the scripture behind it. He said, but one of the one of the guys was talking about pain. Uh, he actually said, he actually mentioned my videos. He said, you know, my brother, he's been seeing miracles and healings and stuff like that. And the guy in his, in his workplace says, well, where's he work at? I'm going to go see him. Well, he's in Brownwood. Well, my brother lives up in Wichita Falls. So um, the guy was like, oh, man. Well, my brother goes, well, it's not just my brother. It's Jesus in my brother. Man, my brother is awesome. It's Jesus in me. It's not me. My brother said, I can pray for you. So he's sitting there at his work, and he prays for the man. And the man has bad wrists. See? That's why I wanted to come and get prayed for. And my brother prayed for his wrist. And he goes, man, how's it feel? It's getting better. It's already better, dude. The guy starts tearing up at the job. He gives my brother a big old hug. And my brother calls me while I'm praying for this guy who's passed away to come back alive. And I'm not seeing any results. And my brother calls me with a healing testimony. It's stinking awesome. My brother, you know how long I've been praying for my family to get into faith and start believing for miracles? You know, so I'm believing for this one miracle that I'm not seeing come to pass. But right at the same time, another thing I've been praying for for years is coming to pass. See, guys, we can't just throw it out the towel just because we see something bad. See, God was moving. God is still working. Okay? God's will is that we be healed. We can't look at our experience and let that dictate our understanding. So we finish up. Man, we go down to Whataburger. We're still believing. We're still praying. 
I'm still believing in Jesus' name. You know why? Because God likes to ruin funerals. You know? We can't. We just got to hold on to that hope all the time. All the time. You know, when my baby, uh, my, my baby in the womb uh, died, uh, you know, I told I told uh, my, my people who were praying for me, I said, I know that even if that baby came out, God would put the baby right back in. We got to have bold faith, guys. We can never back down in the face of the enemy. People might call you crazy, but you know what? We have got to get to the point where we believe the reality of God more than we believe what we see. You know? People, you know, somebody asked me a hard question. He said, well, Zach, you know, he's dead, you know, and he's not there. And, you know, he's in heaven. And I said, and they were, they were wondering about that, you know, like if he's in heaven. I said, wait a minute. I said, don't you know that we are seated within, with Jesus in heavenly places right now? I'm in heaven right now. I don't have to wait until I die to go to heaven. I'm already in heaven. And I'm also in my body. You know? We can't get trapped up with all that stuff. We're in heaven right now. That's why it says right here, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Guys, we're already there. We're bringing heaven here. We're bringing the will of God here. You know? So, anyway, we go to the Whataburger. And... We're talking. We've been praying for this guy and it doesn't get up. You know, most people is going to crush their faith. So I'm sitting in a water burger and God gives me this word of knowledge. And I see the lady across the counter and I said, you got pain in your body. She said, yeah, my feet. So let me pray for you. So pray for her. As I'm praying for her, I said, I thank you, Father, that she's, her, her pain in her feet will go away in Jesus' name. And I thank you, and something rose up in me and showed me that she wasn't getting any sleep. And I said, I thank you, Father, she's going to get sleep. And what happened was I had just asked about her daughter. I said, I said, you have a daughter, don't you? She said, yeah. I said, how old is she? Well, she's seven months old, and that's why I'm not getting any sleep. <laughs> God is one of like, I said, you know what? God loves you. You know that? She says, yeah, I do. I said, you know what? Let's pray for you. That your baby's going to sleep through the whole night, and you're going to have plenty of rest, and your feet are going to be healed in Jesus' name. So we're sitting here, and God's still using us, okay? You can't. You can't look at your situation and say, well, that was tough. And say, well, God must not, it's not, must not be God's will. God doesn't always heal. God always heals. Every time. Just matter whether or not you believe it or not. You know? God said to me one time in my quiet time, he said, Zach, when you pray for somebody and they don't get healed, it's not because I don't love them. It's because you don't realize how much I love them. See, we got to release the kingdom of God. We can't release it if we don't know how to open the door. we got to release the kingdom of God. You, you can't give away what you don't know you have. When you go into a room and there's a dead man, we've got to get to the point where we realize we know God's given us dead men to be raised from the dead. Okay? So, we can't go into places and blame the victim. We can't blame the people around us. We always have to point the finger right here. And we can never point the finger at God. You gotta know what the word of God says. And you know what? If something goes wrong, it's never God's fault. It's my fault. Okay? So you are gonna go out there and pray for people, and you need to know where it doesn't come from. Because if you had faith, we would actually trump everybody's unbelief. Okay? We gotta get to that point where we realize that somebody has to have faith. Somebody. Faith unlocks grace. And grace is what brings heaven down. Alright? And guys, we just be encouraged. You know, when you don't see somebody healed, just keep moving on. You just keep pressing on. Because the Lord, here's the thing. God stretches your faith in that area when you when you don't see healing. 
It stretches your faith so that the next time it comes, you're already there, you're already ready because your faith's been stretched. Don't give up whenever it doesn't happen because then you throw your faith aside. No, take advantage of that time and say, you know what, I'm never gonna go back to where I was before. I'm gonna continue in faith now. I keep moving forward where I am now. I'm never gonna, I'm gonna start back where I left off. I'm never gonna go back to where I was and let my faith be stretched. After my baby died, I'm not saying it's God's will, okay? It's not God's will that my baby died because that's a contradiction to the word. However, during that time, my faith grew to a new level I'd never been at before. And the next week, I started beating the devil up. Seeing healings every other day. It's the same thing, guys. Whenever we pray for something that doesn't happen, that should be stretching our faith so the next week we can beat the devil up, kick him down the street, all right? But that's what we're designed to do, guys. The scripture says we move from faith to faith, from glory to glory, all right? That means your faith can increase. You can go to different levels of faith. You're called to go to different levels of faith. Never, ever, ever, ever let a bad tragedy or situation or a prayer that you thought wasn't answered hinder your faith. You have to keep moving. That's awesome, guys. Y'all be blessed.